0: Welcome to
1: the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health.
0: You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Hey, everybody. We are so excited to share this encore presentation of our interview with Crystal Mason and Shelley Hayes McMahon. Crystal is a Texas mom who was arrested for filling out a provisional ballot in the 2016 election while she was on federal supervised release. You need to listen to this episode for more details about just how clearly this was an innocent mistake. But the fact that the state of Texas put her and her family through hell for years is far from innocent. It was an intentional effort to suppress votes and stoke fear in black voters. On March 28, 2024, a Texas state appellate court acquitted Crystal of an illegal voting conviction that would have required her to be sentenced to five years in prison. Crystal's defense attorney, Allison Gritner allen says it best, this should have never happened. She continues, Crystal and her family have suffered for over six years as the target of a vanity project by Texas political leaders. We're happy that the court saw this for the perversion of justice that it is, but the harm that this political prosecution has done to shake Americans' confidence in their own franchise is incalculable. We could not agree more and it is election year, y'all. Know your rights and remember what a privilege it is to vote enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the mom and dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today, snow slash ice day, cruise director at my house. Good luck with
0: that. And I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today, really curious if my son got on the two hour delay bus. We'll find out later. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are so thrilled to have Shelly Hayes McMahon and Crystal Mason with us to talk about voters rights. I have known Shelly for years and I was trying to think where at the first place where we ever met was, but I can't even pinpoint it because She's everywhere. She's everywhere. (laughs) She's like Roy Kent. She's here. She's there. She's every fucking where she's like, she's in campaign events, (laughs) capital rallies. I have to shout. My daughter did the illustrations for this great book. This I am an activist coloring book. And amazing. She drew the back of I believe this is the back of your head, isn't it, Shelley? Yes. So so our whole family has a special connection to Shelley um, and and just love her. She's a fierce advocate for women from all walks of life stepping into roles of power. She is currently the Deputy Director of Planned Parenthood Texas Votes and was the Director of Operations at Annie's List. Is a co-president for the Political Action of Black Austin Democrats, senior advisor and treasurer for the Williamson County Democratic Party and a Williamson County Precinct Chair. I mean, you talk about voter <laughs> rights, again. And, right? in involved. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And she also sits on the board of Big Brothers, Big Sister Central Texas, and the Barbara Jordan Leadership Institute. She is a 2020 Leadership Austin graduate, 2021 NLC mentor, and an ordained minister. I did not know that. That is so cool to talk about that later. <laughs> That's awesome. She is a frequent political contributor for Pink Granite and the Rabble. Before joining Planned Parenthood Texas Votes, Shelley spent 30 years in management as well as running for office in 2018. Her belief is that the most vulnerable in our society must be protected, and the best way to do that is by electing more pro-choice progressive women to office. Here?
1: Here. Here. Yes. And Crystal Mason is the founder of Crystal Mason the Fight Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to fighting against voter suppression. She has a personal story of trials, tribulation, and triumph, and through that story, she has become the face of voter suppression. In 2016, Crystal did what any noble American would do and cast her vote at the ballot box, hoping to be the change that she wants to see. Instead, she was given a five-year prison sentence after casting a provisional ballot that was ultimately rejected in the 2016 election. Crystal is adored by her family, friends, and colleagues. She is a mother, grandmother, and successful business owner. If asked who she is, Crystal will tell you, I am a rehabilitated felon that believes in second chances. So do we. So do we. Oh, we're so honored
0: to have both of you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. So we often talk about how stay at home moms have the power to really change the world if they claim their power and take advantage of, I don't even want to say flexible schedules. We know moms are busy, but they're relatively (laughs) flexible schedules to be a megaphone for the voices of those who are either limited by the constraints of working hours, societal pressures, or their own personal safety. And our hope is that listeners will be moved by Crystal's story and really see voting rights through a new lens and take that next right step to vote, to share information stop disinformation and to become more politically active. So Shelly, can you tell us, we talked about your incredible bio, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, including how you met Crystal and what drew you to her story?
2: Well, to go along with the theme of the podcast, I am a mom, dot, 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 Mm -hmm. multiple other things. I've got two amazing um, teenage black men that I am raising along with my husband. I became politically active, I think with a lot of women in my demographic, which is, you know, middle-aged, suburban mom around Hillary Clinton and mm-hmm. the, just the possibility of having a woman president, you know, and then, of course, mm-hmm. we ended up with Obama and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, I, I think that was the first time I really, like, worked on a campaign and went out and did all of the things. And it just it just kind of never stopped after that. But Crystal... My sis here, Crystal, I remember seeing a, it was a social media post talking about her story. And I'm 99% sure I reached out to you via Instagram to see if, because I had this idea, we were doing endorsements um, with Black Austin Democrats and I was going to have an entire room of Central Texas legislators held captive. And my thought was, you know what? If anybody's going to be able to help her, it's going to be them. And if I can get her in front of them, and they can't go mm-hmm. anywhere, it's, <laughs> going to, it's going to be perfect. Yes. So Crystal joined us, the board of Black Austin Democrats, and our Central Texas delegation, plus Kurt Watson. And she she told them her story. Her lawyer also joined us. So, you know, we kept within all, all of the legal boundaries for her case. And then, I mean, her story brought them to tears. It was just, it was so much emotion behind what had happened to her, what was still happening to her, and what Republicans were trying to perpetrate around her case, just the narrative around her case. So she and I, you know, I I feel spiritually connected to Crystal because she is just she is everything that the fight embodies. When we come when we talk about voting rights and we talk about mm. um Voter suppression. I love her dearly. I have to love her from afar because she lives up north and I'm down here. But <laughs> she she is in my thoughts and prayers every day. I will text her and just let her know, hey, I'm thinking about you today. <laughs> what you need. I, I got a feeling. But yeah, she is <laughs> just you know what? I'll I'll let her tell her story and we'll just switch it on over to her.
1: Wonderful. Well, that was the perfect lead in to Crystal telling her story. And we know that you cannot tell us a lot of details of your case but maybe you can tell us a little bit more just about who you are outside of that case, what you're doing for voters' rights, your relationship with Shelly, your relationship
3: with your family and friends, whatever you're comfortable telling us about. Thank you. appreciate it. Well, my name is Crystal Mason. And just to give you an intro of the beginning, um, I had a white collar offense and I went to the fence at the time. When I got out, I, I kept I kept telling my kids that, hey, when I got out, hey, even though you hit that bump in the road, you can still get back on track. So I got out. I was in school, full-time student, working a full-time job, just getting everything back on track. And got insurance for the kids again, just things that they had missed while I was going. Yeah. yeah. Important things. And um, my mom, her household, well, this is my household, but she was running the household while I was gone. So she's real big with keeping these voter registration cards together. Anybody that's 18 years old, she has these voter registration cards for them already. And it's time to go to the poll. So mom, remember, I'm working a full-time job. Just got out, just going to school, strengthening my family ties with the kids, activities, school, and everything else. So mom was like, hey, you know, you got got to go vote, Crystal. I was like, okay, mom. Yeah, I got you. I'm going to do this. And she was just like, <laughs> it was the last day. I was getting ready to go to work, getting up early in the morning. And she got up and she's like, hey, you noticed know, the last day to vote. I said, mom, I'm going. So at that time, I knew I wasn't going to school because if I go to school, I miss it. So I got off work. When I got off work, went to the polling place and to the same polling place I went to in 2012. I've been living in my house in 08. So I go to the local church and I go and I say, "Um, I'm here to vote. And they looked for my name. They didn't see my name. So the mm. first thing in my mind, I thought, well, I gave mom power of attorney of the kids. I attorney return the house and everything. So maybe I'm not on the polling thing. So I have a hyphenated name. They looked both ways and I was like, well, wow, you know? So I got ready to go. It was late, <laughs> dark, and it was ready. So it was time for me to go. And a 16 year old guy told me, hey, you can fill out a provisional ballot. And I said, well, what's that? He said, if you're at the right location, it'll count. And if you're not, it won't. I'm like, that's easy. Go ahead and do this. Mm -hmm. So a lady came. She took my ID. She left. She walked. She came back. She was set a couple tables back from the entry place. And she kept telling me, make sure everything matches your ID. And I was like, "Okay, that's easy. So I was just filling out the forms. And I made sure everything matched. And I went to go to the booth. And I asked her, um, I said, "I I wanted to do a straight ticket. And she got up. She showed me, and then she moved out the way I did. I put everything in the back, and I left. I received a call from my supervised release officer, and she said she needed me to come in. And I was like, "That's, what you know, because once you did what you're done with your fed time, you, you're on something called supervised release, mm-hmm. and this is something that you pretty much you fill out of form every month, and you really don't go meet anybody. You know, they can they can call you in randomly to go do a UA or you know just to see mm-hmm. what, what you're doing. Ask for a paycheck, stuff, something, but it's it's like randomly, like every six months. Mm -hmm. So when she called me, I'm thinking like, okay, well maybe this is the UA. Okay, so I I didn't take a lunch to get off work early to fly over there because I had to go to school. And I get over there, and she said, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I'm fine. She was like, that's it, like weird. So I go downstairs. When I go downstairs, a lady asked me. She said, are you Crystal Mason? I said, I am. She said, go ahead and put your hands behind your back. You're being arrested for illegally voting. I said, what? I, I didn't illegally vote, though. I, I, I went back to thinking, like, I put everything right that was on, the, on my driver's license. Like, I didn't illegally vote. Mm-hmm. And she said, being on probation, you're ineligible to vote. And I was like, wow. But I'm thinking like this. We're at the right location because my supervised police officer is upstairs. So let's go talk to her so we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. I go to jail. When mm-hmm. I get out of jail, yeah, when I get mm-hmm. out of jail, the feds just say, oh, we're just going to set this aside. And that's what they did. Instead of stepping up and saying, hey, we did something very, very wrong. We don't have something in place. This is absolutely wrong. They didn't. They just moved over out the way. And I went through the procedure with with the state case. So I got a call. I kept My attorney kept telling me, oh, this is going to be an open and closed case. This is going to be an open and closed case. And um, 2018, April, he said, we're going to trial. He told me three days before. And I was like, what? We're we going to try out like, Yeah, he told me this. My judge, my federal judge, he's a very harsh judge, Judge McBride. If anybody know him, you can look him up. And so, with my my nonviolent white collar offense, my my choice, the governor the governor said, give me probation. But my my judge don't do plea deals. He gave me five years. So knowing what type of judge I got. When my attorney told me, Hey, Crystal, do you want to do a trial by jury or a trial by judge? He said, Well, let me tell you this. You're, the judge has practiced up under McBride. So he knows how he is. So he'll know that you'll never do anything to go back before his court again. That's the reason why I didn't do a trial by jury. Because if I would have did a trial by jury, I wouldn't be here today. But I, I did a trial by judge. And in my trial, they put on a whole, I was, first of all, I was the only witness. My, my attorney didn't do anything. I didn't have no care to witness. I didn't even get who was the witnesses that was against me. I would have known it was my neighbor across the street. But we could, it's a, it's a long story on that end. So I'm going through trial and I'm looking like, wow, like, this is for real. My supervised release officer, supervisor, the U.S. probation officer of Northern District, Kenneth Mays, testified on the stand and said no we never told her she couldn't vote no she never signed anything so we got the judgment and commitment that didn't say anything that i was ineligible to vote you have your terms of supervised release that says no felons no drugs no nope. it lists everything down Didn't tell me i was ineligible to vote yet the judge found me guilty and sentenced me to five years for illegally voting for filling out a provisional ballot that never counted so um it was devastating. And I had to think like I was about to go to prison. I'm about to go to prison right now. So this was the same attorney that I had for my federal. So I had to think like, what do I do? And I told him I want to appeal. He's like, oh, we, we can wait. I'm like, no, I want to appeal now. And then mm-hmm. I appealed. The, the judge came back and he signed the appeal for. Her. And I don't know why, but he was like, I want to appeal. That just came out my mouth. Because my yeah. attorney wasn't helping me. That's good to well, coming I, out of I, my I, mouth already, yeah, too. I wanted yeah, to like the attorney. He didn't help me at all. He didn't tell me nothing. So I was like, I want an appeal bond. Anything that's up under 10 years non-violent, you can get an appeal bond and stay out on. So he granted me an appeal bond. And that's the reason why I'm out today. And I looked at mm-hmm. um, so many people. They're, they're like, oh, no. If you, you look at I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a black mother with kids. Yeah, they're, they're sending me to prison for voting. And what does that do? It scares the people from the public. They're like, oh, yeah. no, I'm not voting. I'm not going to do it. Whenever you is second guessing yourself now, because you're like, oh, no, I got a felony. I got a felony." But in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. even if you have a felony, as long as you have discharged your sentence and your time, you're eligible to vote. But yeah. because of the way it just happened to me, people were scared. They were scared to go to the poll.
0: Yeah. And that was the very first thing that popped into my head after learning about your case. If you look at it in the context of the larger voting rights fight going on in the country, it is. It's just sowing that confusion. It's by design. It it just is so clear to me that this is by design to try to confuse people who are at risk, or who are fear it might be because of their color of their skin, or it might be because of their immigration status. Whatever the case may be, it's just scaring them out of voting because they it's targeted
1: voter suppression.
0: Correct. Yes, it is by design. I mean, mm-hmm. there there is an intention behind this. The goal is not to protect us from voter fraud. The goal is no. to not. Not have people of color voting. I mean, let's just say <laughs> what it is. It's and it's so disgusting. Cl- it's so clear, especially the night that sh- I was inviting Shelley onto this show, um it just happened to be the next day, I think I was watching Rachel Maddow, and she did a special about um it was Pamela Moses. So it wasn't mm-hmm. your story, but so I mean, it might as well have been so similar. Mm-hmm. She got six years instead of five, and she lives in Tennessee. But she contrasted it to four white men, Republicans, Not, I mean, I guess we can call this a, is this a bipartisan issue? I don't know. It, it gets a little partisan for me, but um, let's just so, call it what it is. Yeah. So the, these four men who intentionally took the voter form for a deceased relative. So, I mean, they know that I am not my mom. I'm not my dead wife. I am not my whoever. They filled that out. And turned it in. I mean, to me, that that's voter fraud. What What you did was a, it was a mistake. It was an accident from not having the correct information, and the vote never even counted. Yeah, let's 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 make that clear. It was a provisional ballot. But these these four guys who filled out ballots for deceased relatives just basically got a slap on the head. No one had prison time. I think a couple had probation's. Um, So. I just want to really highlight that. And we will link to that uh, Rachel Maddow mm-hmm. segment because it was it's yeah. so powerfully laid out. Like, wow, there's this is racist. It, it's racism. It's right. It's not a law right. that is meant to treat all Americans equally along their ability to vote.
1: So, no, and I don't think it's simple to figure out. Like you said, you had all this paperwork. None of it laid out. I you're not allowed to vote if somebody isn't. First of all, sometimes you don't even know to ask that question. I guess you don't even know to ask, can I or can I vote? But if you think to ask that question or someone in your life says you need to find out, where do you even go find that out? How do you even figure out if you can or can't vote? It just seems way overly complicated to me. (laughs)
2: Yes. I mean, yeah. Who do you call?
1: Is there a website,
2: Shelly? Where where do we go (laughs) to
1: find out if we're eligible (laughs) to vote?
2: Yeah, and I think that there's an important distinction between voter suppression and voter intimidation. Mm. Um, mm. A lot of our laws right now are not only designed to suppress, but they are also designed to intimidate, right? So in Crystal's case, and, and with a lot of other rehabilitated felons, you know, once they're off paper, and you know, that's that's our phrase, once they're off paper, mm-hmm. they can vote. But when they see things like Crystal's case and what happened in Tennessee and what happens to other accidental voters and the extremes that Republicans will go to to punish them it intimidates them from voting yeah. right so right. it i think there's there is a big uh, there's two buckets there it's yes we're trying to suppress the votes of people of color across the United States but we there's also this this undercurrent of intimidation that happens right You know, as we look at everything that's happening around the country, the narrative that comes out of that, even with the media, is designed for that underlying intimidation, right, beneath the suppression.
3: And another thing, you know, when, and I'm going to say we, because I'm a part of it too, when we get out, we get out with pretty much nothing. I was just lucky to have all my stuff together, renew my license and everything before I went. So I had everything together. You got people that come home, and when they come home, the first thing they give us is um, they got their social security card, and they have a piece of paper that we get from the the county hospital so we can get insurance. We take both those forms, and we take it to the drop's license place to get ID. When we get an ID, you know what they ask us? Hey, would you like a second form of identification? So we say yes, because we're trying to build our information up. Yeah. We check the box for a voter registration card. And it is just the killer part right now because we're still in jail. We're just at the halfway house. So we're still doing our time. They send us the voter registration card to the halfway house. So you're giving us something that you don't tell us we can't even use. So how do we know if we can vote or not? Yeah, and I have plenty because I had to go to prison again because it violated me. And when I came home, that's when I see it. In 2019, when I came home, people was running like, I, they, I got a voter registration card. I got to make them so scared. I'm like, just they just gave it to me, and I'm like, hey, because who who us we can't mean, use it? Right. You're saying oh, I, Okay. Like, that's.
0: I mean, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I gotta, <laughs> <I gotta laughs> our, our brains are going. Cause, because, yeah, in my mind, I was like, OK, it's just the matter of not knowing. And I mean, you've got so many other things that you're trying to get together. You're getting your job. You're getting your life back together. Yes. I mean, it's just it's one of those things you don't even know that you don't know. It's, um, no, It's But this is beyond not knowing that you don't know. I mean, they're teasing
3: you with it. They're just absolutely. I mean, that's so mm-hmm. confusing. Why is it, Why is it nothing set up in the system to automatically stop it? Why do you give us a form? but not tell us we can't use. Do you know, when I went to go to vote, you know, I mean, the people called me to tell me that they had voted that was on supervisor lease with me. Yeah, And they were so mm-hmm. scared. I just said, leave it alone and just be quiet. You know, just, just be quiet, you know, because yeah. no one told us, you don't have it nowhere. And it's almost like, is it rehabilitation or really are you setting us up? You know, are you setting us up to- It feels like a trap.
0: It feels exactly.
1: like a trap.
3: Exactly, exactly.
0: I had no idea. Okay, so I learned. Okay, so this kind of leads into my next question. Many of our listeners, like Missy and I, are white privileged ladies who do do not even know what we don't know about what Mm -hmm. it feels like to vote when you are a person of color. And so we don't we don't feel the severity of I mean, there's the discrimination, there's the intimidation. There's so much going on right now nationally and state wise, as far as either trying to increase voter rights or take away voter rights. Like, but what, what is it like? What is it like for you? Like, are you feeling that when you go in the voting line? Are you feeling that in a systemic way or in a day-to-day way when it comes to voting as a Black woman in America? You
2: know, I think there's, a again, the larger conversation for those of us with privilege and non-melanated. It's this need to be outraged when something doesn't affect you personally, right? It's the knowledge and the, the care that has to be taken around issues that don't live in your backyard, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going back to 2013 with um, Shelby County versus Holder, Where Justice Roberts has had this, I mean, dude's been on a tear for years around just gutting voting rights. And what he did in 2013 is what led to everything that is happening or has happened since then, which was getting rid of the preclearance formula that was in the Voting Rights Act. And what the preclearance formula did was it said that states had to go to either the DOJ or federal courts if they were going to make any changes to any sort of elections or voting um, happenstances in their states. Because he said, and this this is a quote, the policy had been so successful at curbing discriminatory practices that it was no longer justified
0: yeah it's all fixed so we're just going go to we're just
2: going to yeah we're going to go back to trusting you know old white men to do the right thing <laughs> yeah so now all of these things that are happening since that ruling is the fruit of that tree it's the fruit mm-hmm. of what he planted so texas has gone gusto with it georgia right. has done it tennessee kentucky all of these states are consistently figuring out ways to disenfranchise voters, make it harder to vote, intimidate voters, and to basically just take away the rights of voters, either through voter ID laws, closing polling places, just anything that they can, can possibly do. Mm-hmm. So the John Wright's Voting Act brings back the, the full body of the Voting Rights Act. It, it puts the changes back under review which is where we need to be. We're fighting in the courts right now, and we're fighting against, oh, so many Republican appointed judges Mm -hmm. who, again, do not care about voting rights, that unless we are, one, we need to change the composition of the Supreme Court, come on Joe Biden and Black woman. And then two, Yes, we have to vote. We have to vote in every single election. We have to, All of these legislators that we have right now in the Texas House, Democrats are so outnumbered. They're just they're just holding back the tide. You know, they're doing everything Mm -hmm. that they can. It's just hanging on by a string and our voting rights are hanging on by a string Mm -hmm. along with, you know, bodily autonomy and the rights of trans families and kids, just all of these things. But the precipice of that, that what tipped it over was eliminating the protections around voting rights. It started this what's the word? Um, How can we take away? uh, Yes, avalanche. How can we take away another right? How can we take away another right? How can we take away another right? How can we overturn elections? You know, how can we drive this narrative around elections aren't safe and, you know, Democrats are dumping ballot boxes and there's so, so much, what's the word, um, well, sorry, sh- I still have. To, I, well, that's <laughs> also good work. I still have a. I got a little bit of COVID brain, so. <laughs> oh, it takes me a second, but the, the conspiracy theories around just all of this nonsense, all of it started in 2013. You know, in Eric Holder's organization, um, all on the line. Uh, you know, Genevieve, right? Genevieve works. She is the the Texas person for all on the line. So she does a lot of organizing around getting folks to go and testify um, at the legislature around voter suppression, training, just all of these things. But she works for Eric Holder, who, you know, was the AG for President Obama. Mm -hmm. So there are so many organizations out there right now that are trying to do the groundwork, including Crystal's nonprofit, which I'm hoping she will talk about. And, you know, voting as a Black person in this state, I took my son to go vote for the first time in this primary election. And I... The talk that we always have before we literally go anywhere, before we go to Target, before we go to H-E-B, just is how he has to be once we get inside of a space where we may not necessarily be welcome or we may be the only black face. And that talk was, you know, you have your your sample ballot. I want you to make sure you keep your sample ballot very clear and very in sight of whoever is observing the election. You're going to tell them. That you're asking for assistance and your assistance is me. And I'll find a little affidavit there. I'm an election judge too. It's crazy. Ah. but we'll get, into <laughs> that. we'll get into that later. But, you know, when we walked in, there's just this all eyes on you kind of thing. I'm up here in Williamson County. So everybody turns and looks. And, you know, we're six feet tall. We're not small people either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they see you're not coming. sneaking in.
2: <laughs> yes, we are not sliding in anywhere, <laughs> you know, and he he goes up to the election clerk, gives him his ID. And the guy is asking him. He asked him a couple of questions. He asked him what what was his address, which is not the correct question. You're supposed to really? ask what is your, mm-hmm. you're supposed to. It, we are supposed to ask what is your current address. Right. And Uh then the other thing that, yeah, it's a whole thing. (laughs) It's a whole thing. Uh So I stopped and I'm like, you know, that's not the correct question. You're supposed to ask him what is his current address? And the guy was like, well, and I'm like, no, not well. Yeah. Do it right. (laughs) We will do this right. So he went through all of that. um, And then Mason signed his thing and then he told him he wanted assistance. And he was calling over this other cute white kid, whatever, was calling him (laughs) over. And Mason was like, no, I want my mom to help. And this guy tried to tell him that it had to be an election worker who helped him. And mm-hmm. I was like, bruh, we're not doing this today. Because <laughs> <laughs> One. I know the rules. I know the rule. And two, I mean, it's just ugh, mind-blowing to yeah. me that the the liberties they think they can take with our, with our voting rights. Yeah. Right. So we go through all the things. Bob's goes and... Um, cast his ballot. The other thing that was interesting about our voting experience was the elections clerk tried to tell us that we had to use the same machine. He and I did. And I was like, no, I'll just use the machine next to him. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, I need you to vote on the same machine that he does. And I'm like, ma'am, why? Why? Exactly. Why? (laughs) Why? Why is this a thing? And she could not tell me why she wanted me. She just wanted me to vote on the same machine. It's not a rule. Mm-hmm. It's not a law. It's nothing. So it's it's very important that we know our rights as people of color when we go to vote, because there, you have people who are they've worked elections for years and years and years and they have their own personal rules
1: around. um, You see them when you get there. They're a thousand years
2: old, ma'am. I mean, ma'am. Yes. There is a lot of that. And things have changed, especially over the last couple of years with our last um, legislative session with poll watchers. Poll watchers have way too much leeway now, but we went through poll watcher training when I went for my, my election judge training this time around. But voting as a person of color and I'll tell you, it's one of the reasons I work election. It's just so black people see me see you. when they come yeah, when yeah. they come in to vote. You know, and it's not that I'm making an election safer or anything. I do follow the rules, but I think there's just a it's a little bit of a sigh of relief
0: mm.
2: when you see somebody who looks like you. It's yeah, a little oh, more yeah. welcoming, it's a little more just all of the things that you need to be comfortable in a space. And when we are the only only is lonely as we say when we, yeah. <laughs> when we are the only it can be very intimidating it can cause you to rush through the voting process yeah. it can cause you to not go back and check your ballot you know it just i want you to come in take your time do what you need to do ask for help if you need help and if you're not comfortable asking a non-melanated person for help then you have someone who looks like you Mm-hmm. in the, in the, at the poll. So, but to your point, Suzanne, yeah. I went for my election judge training. I was the youngest person in the room. I'm 52 years old. <laughs>
1: right.
0: I love
2: being the youngest person in the room. <laughs> and um, It doesn't happen to me often anymore. So, yes, I mean, that there is a gap um, yeah. between 75 and 50 some odd, you know, mm-hmm. and even the 40 some odds yeah. where, we're, there's no representation there, so yeah it's it's a lot, and I feel like I am just wandering all over the place, but well, you've
1: <laughs> you've said so many important things, and I want I know we can't boil it down. There's no boiling this issue down. My stomach is in knots. I feel nauseated. I'm angry. I want our listeners to feel angry too, because I think that's part of changing this. Mm-hmm. Is there something? If somebody's listening and they're saying, I'm angry, I have no idea where to start. What is the first thing they need to start paying attention to to make a a change here? I mean, it's systemic. It's broken. It's so
2: old. Where do we start today? I think depending on where you are, look at what's going on in your state. You know, look at what's happening at your state legislature. Look at what's happening around redistricting lines being drawn In your state, because those are also drawn to you know suppress and disenfranchise voters, especially voters of color, get involved in that. Secondary is vote. I mean, oh my god, and you have to vote in line with your your personal beliefs. And if your personal beliefs have not taken on a lens of anti racism, there is a good chance that you may not be voting in the best interest of people who don't look like you. I would advise folks to, to listen to people of color, to listen to listen to black women, you know. We are very, very well aware of what happens if we stop fighting. If mm-hmm. if we get too tired and we just we just lie down. My biggest piece of advice is to not wait until an issue has a white voice. Mm. So many times our we can talk about Black women have been screaming about abortion rights for years. We can talk about voter suppression, but until it comes out of a non-melanated faith, Mm -hmm. it may not be taken seriously by non-melanated people. So Mm -hmm. when we say listen to Black women and we say listen to people of color, I'm literally saying listen to them. You don't have to wait until it comes out of a white person's mouth for it to be taken seriously. You don't have to wait for a white person to say, hey, we need to raise money around this issue. When a person of color has been telling you for years that this is coming, there's a, there's a dearth of, of fundraising for Black-led organizations, Latino-led mm-hmm. organizations, LBGTQIA mm-hmm. plus-led um, organizations until a white voice says, hey, needs to go help them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. un- unless there is uh, at times a white person in charge of the organization so you will see mm-hmm. that there's a lot of um, there's discomfort that has to be dealt with right and sometimes you have to live in that discomfort and just kind of push through it but for the people who are in their bubbles right and for that's a lot of suburban moms. Oh yeah, right now. Um, uh huh. <laughs> I'm I'm a suburban mom. I'm just not the suburban mom they're talking about when they're hollering about right. you know anti CRT and all of those things. Nobody asked me about that. <laughs> uh. When they talk to those suburban moms, they're just talking to the white suburban moms. They're skipping over the the black ones, yeah, and the yeah. the South Asian ones, and the Latinas yeah. who are all out here in Cedar Park. But it's for women who are you know, sort of bubble bound right now, the things that are happening are, are going to affect you eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be like a stab in the heart. It might be like a little pinprick or something along that line, but it is going to mm-hmm. affect you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Get active in now. Coal mine. It is, you know, yeah. get active now, you know, go yeah. block walk for school boards. Oh, Let's take a boy. second to talk about school boards. Yes, oh ma'am. God. School boards. More mm-hmm. important than the president, I
0: think. More important than the president, I think. Ours is a flipping disaster. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it it is. Ours is great, but it is one election away from not being. And people don't know right. that. People don't no, know they that don't. in Austin.
2: And there was a concerted effort to put anti-CRT, anti-LGBTQIA plus candidates on school boards. Mm -hmm. right Uh, yeah and yeah yeah yes so I mean there's testifying at school board meetings but then you know if you got the gumption go run for school board I mean (laughs) it's, it's just one of those things you know if you can do it and you can get the support go run for office but it is it's so important to see what is happening at the local level school boards city councils county commissioners All of those offices have so much to do with our everyday lives. There's that saying that further down the ballot, the closer it is to your front door.
1: Mm, mm, Their mm -hmm.
2: policies, you know, so Mm -hmm. city council down at the bottom of the ballot, school board down at the bottom of the ballot. All of those things are going to directly affect you if you and you have to be involved. Um, I mean, we're we're banning books now. Did anybody see that coming? Wait a minute! I you, did. <laughs> I did. I've been at the school
1: board. Meetings you've been. You've been years. there. Yeah. You've been at <laughs> yeah. the
2: school board meetings. You know, we're banning books. You know, we, Gr- Greg Abbott yesterday coming for trans kids again. <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's no, just even, mm-hmm. yeah. there are so many things that are happening to marginalized communities yeah. that we need the majority to get involved in. We need the majority to get angry about. We need the majority yeah. to pump funds into the fight. Against those things. So
1: I just feel like there's a willful ignorance going on. Mm. Like there are people who do not want to, to learn more. And I, that comes from a place of fear. It comes from a place of it misinformation. It makes them feel bad. They don't want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, well, I'm not going to get on my soapbox because that's not why we're here today. But I feel encouraged Good. by this conversation to figure out how to speak to those people in
2: my life. Mm-hmm. missy you have to get on your soapbox though this yeah. is the thing is it is crystal and i are not going to always be invited into the spaces that you are in yes. or the spaces that sudan is in you know so that's, that's just true. comfort and the, and the courage that you have to have as a white woman to call bullshit out when you see it
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's it's not like you're speaking for black people when you're in these spaces right. you're right. speaking as a white woman who knows this bullshit is wrong Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, the importance, the un- unfortunate importance right now of things not being taken seriously unless they are coming from a white voice. Mm-hmm. You've got a white voice. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to use it. And I tell white women this: I'm around white women a lot. I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> you know all the time is that if I'm not there, you don't have to speak for me, but you do need to talk about what's right. Yeah. And what's we, wrong. We I call like it that. a lot
0: of being the megaphone. And this was one of the things that drove me to start my informed parents of Austin group. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not LGBTQ. My kids are not LGBTQ, but kind of like you said, I am invited into spaces where maybe a trans woman is not right. And mm-hmm. I can speak up again, not trying to put words in their mouth, but to be a megaphone and to mm-hmm. echo what what needs to be heard to keep them safe because yeah we do have access to the ears and i call in that case i've got straight privilege which is yeah. i people will listen to me in a different way than they would someone who they think that you know they've got a i hate to say dog in the fight i really need to find a better saying than that but to feel that you know this isn't for me this is just basic decent humanity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is a fear there's a fear you're going to do it wrong and you just got to be willing to do it wrong and be corrected and keep moving because I think that is there probably are people who are just putting their head in their sand like an ostrich but then there are people who are these well-meaning white women who but don't want to like say the wrong thing or mm-hmm. you know I I can mess up someone's pronouns like nobody's business but you know what I'm still trying to speak up through in the arena I'm still trying to speak up for the LGBT mm-hmm. community and when I get something wrong I, I'll be like okay I'll get I'll work on that for next time yep. and just be willing to, to be wrong and, uh, but to be, be wrong for the right thing and to, <laughs> and, and to take that next step forward. And that there gives the is. person at that wine night, the permission next time that they go to a family dinner or whatever, to be able to say, Hey, yeah, you know, Suzanne said this or Missy said this. So yeah, I think it is
2: important and I'm going to bring it up here. Yeah. yeah. Courage can be shared. You know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to live with one person that, the one time you speak out, you're you're handing some courage off to somebody else. You it's know, so it's, uh, it, it really is. You know, that, that bravery that it takes to to say the right thing in the wrong space, it's underappreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, the high five, you know, the secret high five, like, girl, you called that out, go right ahead. It's, mm-hmm. those are big <laughs> deals, you know, because mm-hmm. it encourages you to keep going and it encourages the person next to you listening to you take a stand and take a risk mm-hmm. at times to do the same thing. So it's, don't deny the power that you have, right? And you don't have to I hide the power that you have as white women and, and or white people. You are, you are still empowered to speak, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that you have to, to think that you are speaking for another person, like Suzanne said, but you still have, so much power there's power in your voice there's power in your story you know and and there's power in you standing up for the right things um it's yeah yeah and we just need it's a lot we just need to have the
0: courage to use it we're the ones that have the least to lose but for some reason we're the most precious about about the our voices and the way that we use them and community. But oh my God, we're getting so close to the end of our time. And there's so much more to talk about here. But Crystal, I want to hear about your nonprofit and how people can support it. How people, aside from voting for candidates up and down the ballot, all the way down to the school board, who support marginalized communities, people of color, what
3: can we do? Support you
0: in your case, support you in so many ways.
3: Well, with my situation, I realized that um, people were scared to vote. I seemed like when we went out to talk to people, they were like, oh, no, I'm, I'm a felon. I can't vote. No, no, no. You know, it automatically, It my story pretty much was a Black woman with kids voted, and now she's going to prison.
1: Mm.
0: So
3: people, Black and brown, was like, no, I'm not even going to take a chance. I don't mm-hmm. even So. I started my organization, Crystal Mason, the fight against voter suppression in 2020. And I wanted my story to encourage you to go to the polls, not to scare you. So that's the reason why I was out canvassing in the neighborhoods and talking to people and letting them know if I don't know if you're ineligible to vote, if you're if there's something, if there's a question I don't know. I have 12 attorneys that I can reach out to to get the right answer for you. But I let them know the reason why it's so important to go to the polls, because I've always only voted in the presidential election. Now, I voted, but only in the presidential election. Mm. And I realize it starts right here at home, and that's the local elections. You understand? The judge, the DA, the prosecutor, they're all elected officials. So all of them played a part in my case. So this is the reason why I go out and I network and I tell people about my story, because we can go out there and we can make a change. You know? and, and so we go out, I set up, we all register voters. Uh, we're all depredizing. My kids, I got like 12 men, members of my family. We're, we're registered in Terry County as well as Dallas County. And my kids are in Hawkins now. They go to college down there. So we're going to get that set up moving next year when we register all over again. And I set up voter registration drives everywhere. And I go out in the neighborhoods, cameras, telling everybody, hey, I'm going to hold this event. We're going to have food and the bands have these things, activities for them to do. And I do this out of my pocket. So, you know, if you want to help or support me in any kind of way, or I- even join my organization is org, or you can go to my GoFundMe page at hashtag justice, the number four, Crystal Mason. Wonderful. So now we usually
0: end with our look, listen, learn segment, and it's usually kind of goofy and silly. And this subject is the the opposite of goofy and silly, but uh, that's usually a time when we direct people to something that we've been reading or watching or learning mm-hmm. about that they can uh, work into their lives. So I would like to keep our look, listen, learn here focused on what women, prob- most of our listeners are you know, suburban white ladies, um, what they can do. To support voter rights. Um, I'll, I'll start with mine. Some One of the things that I would like people to take a look at, and we'll put the links to it in the show notes, is that uh, Rachel Maddow breakdown of Pamela Moses' case and and how truly systematic racism is as far as the punishment for the white men who did something that was truly voter fraud versus a woman who had an accident (laughs) that made a mistake based on um, having misinformation about whether she was eligible to vote or not. Um, And then just last night or this week, uh, John Oliver has a piece on critical race theory Uh, we'll put a link to that and i think the main thing that came out of that there's so many people and they even had like tucker carlson on fox news when someone was like so what you know what is critical race theory and he's like oh well it's the idea that you know white people are bad and you know and one race is better than the other and everybody's like no that's not what it is so let's just clear it up (laughs) here right now what critical race theory is the idea that racism isn't just people who are racist, but the idea that the actual legal systems and policies, things that like we had talked about today, have race baked into them. Um, so it's not just mm-hmm. one person, it's it's a system. Um, so if anybody's heard it, the term thrown around and didn't quite know what it was, that's what it was. And he does a really nice piece about breaking down and again, talking about the school boards. I sat through all the State Board of Education, uh, the new health curriculum textbooks, you'd be You'd be shocked how the health textbook somehow became an anti-CRT messaging point for literally over a hundred white ladies to get up and talk about. Um, so oh, it's coming, I mean, it's coming. Just, yeah, they've yep. got they've got uh, a lot of time to spend, and they got a l- lot of money to spend, um, and they are coming for those mm-hmm. school board seats. So take those I don't seriously. Don't know what they're
1: talking about.
0: Oh, no, they I mean, it started out like my fight was against uh, they were fighting against sex ed and LGBTQ students. Then they just roll. They just take this mass of people and then they're like, now we're going to be anti mask. okay? what is it now? Now we're going to be burning books and now we are anti CRT. And they just they just migrate from cause to ugly cause. And Mm -hmm. and their strategy will be coming to take over the school board. And that is going to hit you so directly. So be on it. Do you have any particular books or articles or things that you want to make sure that listeners uh, take a look at? She- I'll start with Shelly. You're on my left.
2: <laughs> well, it turns out I do. Um, so <laughs> while you are <laughs> while you are taking in the media, I love Rachel Maddow and I love John Oliver. Um, there are some amazing Black commentators out there. Um, mm-hmm. Tiffany Cross on the Cross Connection, Joy Ann Reed, um, Jonathan Capehart. His, he's a black gay man. I love his show. It's, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, it's and there's an Instagram account called Black Woman Views. Mm. She's, uh, Reese is amazing. So while, while you're taking in media, yeah. you know, make sure you're also listening to voices of color around yes. issues that affect people of color. I'm sorry, I'm choking to death today for some reason.
0: But yeah, well, while you're choking, reading- that is such a good point. Cause look at me, look at me trying to be the woke white woman like listening to the white voices channeling like you had said before when the heads of the organizations the white people are more likely to listen to it. I yeah look at me. Gary, right? I know. It's scary.
1: Look at me cuz you care. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. Yes, yes. Okay, so this is my book. This is Black Food by Bryant Terry. I literally have a cookbook on my bedside table. It, <laughs> <laughs> Love it, it. is not it, it's a history of black food across the diaspora. It also has black art. There's a section on black cooking in the queer community. I mean, it is just the most, I'll hold it up again so everybody can see it. It's, called it's a good, gorgeous cover. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Isn't
3: it? Um, yeah, by Bryant, I love
2: Ter- it. Bryant Terry. Um, this is, it's stories, art and recipes from across the African diaspora. And it's just, it's an amazing book. I have a cookbook on my bedside table. I don't even know how it happened, but my cousin got <laughs> it for me for Christmas. get it in the kitchen (laughs) it's an amazing amazing book i just i'd encourage everyone to to take a look at it
0: love it what about you crystal any any places that you'd like to direct anybody to for some looking learning or listening um not today not today no (laughs) problem
1: (laughs) no problem did you have anything missy Uh, yeah i do i have a her name is Parker, but she goes by Queen Work on social media. It's Queen with a K, work with an E. And um, I have been sharing her with my white friends. Uh, she talks a lot to white women, white people, but white women saying, this is what you can do. This is what we need from you. This is the BS we don't need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's funny and she's lovely. And we've actually invited her to be on the show. So I'm hoping at some point in the not too distant future, she's on with us. I found her. I found her like I discovered her. I came across her (laughs) on TikTok where I spend way too much time and follow her on TikTok. And she's also on Instagram doing, it's mostly the same material. Um, So whichever social media you like to waste your time on, she's there. And it is less of a waste of time when you have someone like queen work in your ear, teaching you so much. Mm -hmm. So I recommend going and giving her a follow. Just
2: did it.
0: Good. (laughs) Good. Wonderful. You're fast. Awesome. Oh, well, we almost got y'all out of here in time. We're so close, (laughs) 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 but no, I bet this is a subject that needs way more time than the one hour here. So I hope people will continue to follow up. Um, we'll put some additional links in the show notes for (laughs) some other look, listen, learns, um, people of color speaking, listen to their voices not just the rachel meadows and the john olivers (laughs) i'm so full of shame right now but you know what that's what we said do not be full of shame that's just that's why i said but you know what you you do the thing and then you learn from it and you work forward. It's just yeah. like, that's yeah. what we got to be willing to do. Put ourselves out there and do the best we can until we learn better. That's our <laughs> that's our mom motto. Absolutely. Is there anything we did not cover that you want to make sure uh, that we get out there? Um, and we'll definitely be putting the links in the show notes, Crystal, so they can learn more about your nonprofit follow-up, um, your GoFundMe, all those good things. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that you want to make sure listeners hear from you? <clears throat>
1: no, I do appreciate you trying. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm going to join your nonprofit right now. Yeah. As soon as we're off of this. <laughs> yes.
0: And how about you, Shelly? Besides just telling everybody to get out there, but we got our primaries going on here in Austin.
2: We have primaries going on and they still need poll workers. So, you know, if you have four, it, it's a paid gig. You only have to be 16 to work the polls. P-O-L-L-S. Um, and <laughs> yeah. the, that's that's a different podcast. It's a whole thing, right? Um, <laughs> no. you only have to be 16 to, uh, to work the polls in, in Texas. So Travis County still needs poll workers. Um, Williamson County still needs poll workers. Um, even if you only have two to four hours to go and help, I would say, please um, go, go take the election training and, and help out at the polls and vote, of course always vote and vote
0: wonderful okay those are some things that we can do i mean that's that's easy i mean that's just a that's couple a of hours that's yep. a couple of hours you can do it and yeah for sure vote i mean people are literally going to jail for the ability to vote and for the privilege and honor mm-hmm. of voting mm-hmm. and for those of us who take it for granted stop it is S- stop yeah you, need to take it seriously. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. We are honored to hear your story and be able to share it with our audience. And we're going to continue to follow your story and, and let people know how it progresses. So thank you for letting us be part of it.
2: Thank you. All thank you. Right. All right, have have a wonderful rest
1: of your snow day.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Go kick those kids out. Yes. Good luck with the kiddos. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private Mom and Community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.